Another somewhat busy day here on N10, and in our lineup we have... An NHL icon has passed away. A lot of injuries that could affect teams down the stretch. And the first ever Panthers jersey retirement is happening tonight. Find out who it is up next. Alright boys, we teased a lot of things in the intro. Uh, just first I want to get your thoughts on some, uh, some stuff going around the NHL about some, uh, some firings we have. So Jim Little's in the news again for, uh, he was hired as CEO a couple months ago and he's kind of in the news with Eugene Melnick and their organization of the trash Ottawa Senators. Uh, what exactly did he do? So Jim Little, who, as we mentioned before, was just hired in January, got fired this week or dismissed by the Ottawa Senators, allegedly for swearing at Melnick during a phone conversation about the direction of some, I guess the team or some, some sort of maybe the draft possibly. So anyways, he got fired because he swore at the, the team owner, Eugene Melnick, on Valentine's Day. So Eugene's heart was so broken. He couldn't Beauty. recover. He, he left him on red and everything. It was just such a disaster that he just had to get him fired. Yeah, that was... That was kind of shocking. Um, well, not shocking that we're hearing the Senators' management in the news, but shocking <laughs> that they fired Jim Little. Um, he, he came out and he said afterwards that he's a strong-willed person and the disagreement included him using strong language with Eugene Melnick over the phone, including swearing, which he obviously did not appreciate, for which I later apologized. Those are words from Jim Little. Um, Eugene Melnick catching feelings here. Senators management, man, we've talked about them in the past. They're just not on track right now. Yeah, I guess Eugene Melnick never found his Valentine that day, but uh, he later did as he fired Jim Little a couple days ago. So, yeah, I mean, last week I said, like, the Ottawa Senators kind of got, caught my eye in the trade deadline, kind of won that for me, getting all those picks and, you know, making a direction for their team. But. Obviously, a few days later, this comes out, and yeah, it's not good news for the management of the Ottawa Senators, because they're once again, as Flager said, back in the news, and not in a good way, so Ottawa's back in the news with that. Um, yeah, we teased injuries. What kind of injuries are we looking at, Flager, for uh, the, this past week in the NHL? Uh, well, first off, Mark Stone is week-to-week -week right now. Uh, I honestly don't know what happened to him. I don't know He's if lower. you guys know details on that. Might be lower. Uh Lower body injury. Confirm. I can't confirm or deny. Lower body injury. Probably like knee, foot maybe, groin. And then we got Steven Stamkos is out six to eight weeks. That is a tough loss for Tampa Bay Lightning, but uh, he should be back so at some point in the playoffs for them. Josh Anderson is out four to six months, so he's done probably for the rest of the season. Kale McCarr is listed day-to-day -day right now. Andrew Shaw and Zach Smith are both done for the year. Uh, Brett Pesci is out for the year, and Butcher is out three or four months. A lot of injuries. A shit ton of injuries. I know. Yeah, and bad. like the injuries this year have been like long-term everything. Like we mentioned last week, a bunch of injuries too, and they're all long-term it seems to be. So I don't know what's going on in the NHL with all these long-term injuries. I've never seen anything like it this year. There's been like six to eight weeks, months, like seasons. So yeah, a lot of injuries, and it's not good for the NHL, but... It happens, so. Um, we also teased something. Uh, Habs legend has uh, passed away at the age of 84. Who was it, Joe? The pocket rocket Henry Richard. He played 20 seasons for the Montreal Canadiens from 1955 to 1975. 
and he is most known for being the only player in NHL history to be on 11 Stanley Cup winning teams as a player, which is an NHL record, of course. And basically, he basically won a cup every other year that he was in the league. Um, so, yeah, so it sucks for the Pocket Rocket to pass away yesterday. Um, he was battling with Alzheimer's, I believe, mm-hmm. for a few years now, so... I guess it was inevitable, but it still sucks. He was an icon for the team. He was captain for his last three seasons, I believe, in the early 70s. And obviously, his older brother, Maurice, is more of a well-known player, one of the best goal scorers of his era, and like the reason why it's called the Henry Richard, I mean, the Rocket Richard uh, yep. goal-scoring trophy. So just both of those brothers are now gone, unfortunately, but... They left a, a lasting impact in the NHL. Yep, for sure. And uh, clearly Henry Richard never got bored because uh, 11 Stanley Cups is pretty impressive. I mean, after five, I'd be like, okay, I got to stop winning this. But you got 11. So, yeah, he's he, he's uh, over a decade of freaking Stanley Cups. So good for Henry Richard. But, yeah, it's sad news to see a Habs legend uh, pass away at the age of 84. Uh, just to confirm, there were only two Richard brothers that played in the NHL, right? Just those two. That's crazy. You had 11 Stanley Cups. I know. That will never that's, happen again. Yeah, honestly, no, that's like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. And they're all with the Habs, correct? Yeah, yeah I think so. 20 seasons with Montreal. Didn't he? He only played for the Habs, too, I think. Yeah. A loyal uh, hockey player, that's for yeah. sure. Loyal I hockey guess player. It was different back in the day, though. For like, sure. There's only like you know five what I mean? Like, I don't. <laughs> I don't even think there was salary cap back in the day. Not, Not even close. So, like, money wouldn't have even been a factor, really. It's basically because he was born in good old Quebec and he just stayed there. <laughs> yeah, he was a Habs fan growing up, too, right? That's, yeah. that's nice. That's awesome to play for your, your childhood team. Yeah, Buddy. that's Johnny T. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pajama boy? Yeah. Buddy, like, Henry Richard, Buddy's freaking... His routine going to the game was smoking a dirt and then just going on and playing hockey. Yeah, that was everyone back then. They just, like, had a pack and were good to go. And then after the game would have, like, three stakes and that was it. Yeah, (laughs) and he's won 11 Stanley Cups doing it. So maybe the NHL has to change the routine now, but... Yeah, and no six- to eight-week injuries back then. No, no, no. They played through it. They played through their injuries. Yeah. Yeah, Jacques Plant got hit in the head with a puck and then just comes out with a mask. Yeah, changed the game forever. Because his nose Literally. exploded. Yeah, but it's, it's sad to see Henry Richard go away, especially because his brother's already deceased. So, yeah, yeah RIP to Henry keeps. Richard. Yeah, 84 years old, that's a good life. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's good a good life. life, yeah. With 11 Stanley Cups on top of that. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right, um, let's move on. Yeah, another guy who never really got a chance to win the Stanley Cup, and his jersey's being retired by the Florida Panthers tonight, the great number one, Roberto Luongo. So... We uh, mentioned in the offseason that he obviously announced his retirement from the NHL. Uh, true legend of the game. Uh, I don't know what he's most known for, Vancouver or Florida. But I'm going to say Vancouver just because his prime years were kind of there. And, you know, he did most of his winning there. And he was in the playoffs more. He got to the Stanley Cup Finals. Obviously didn't win. But, uh, yeah, he's a true legend of the game. And I, I believe, like, Vancouver in the future should retire his number. They should have honestly done it this year because it's their, I believe, 40th or 50th anniversary of Vancouver this year 
and it'd have been a nice uh, nice send off for Luongo here in the 50th or 40th anniversary for Vancouver as well. But yeah, he's getting his retired, and it's the first jersey number retired by the Florida Panthers ever in their history. Not much of a big history they have, but yeah, he's the first one to go into the rafters. Yeah, over uh, he has over 450 wins. He has 489 career wins in the National Hockey League. I most I'm gonna remember. I mean. I remember Roberto Luongo most back in like the 2010 to 2000, like 14 kind of era when he was with the Canucks, um, starting with the Winter Olympics, the in and Vancouver, yep, um, tw- Vancouver 2010 Winter Olympics. That was um, very memorable for me, yep. uh, and then obviously that cup run. He didn't win the cup, but he got very close. Uh, but he had he had. He had a heck of a career, especially in Vancouver. So that's uh, much deserved that he's getting his jersey retired. Mm-hmm. I agree. He had a great career, and unfortunately, he didn't win the cup, Strombo. But you know, um, he's one of the winningest goalies in NHL history. Obviously, without a cup, even just in general, he's I think top five in wins. So um, it just sucks that he didn't manage to get that cup, but he. Definitely deserves to be retired by Florida, as he's easily yeah. their best goaltender of all time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> not even close. And then, uh, yeah, I kind of agree. He should get retired by Vancouver because they did have like their best years in probably a long time with him, and like the Sedins, obviously going to the Cup final. But even like they were like Presidents Trophy winners and stuff like that. And he was part of that. He was also captain for the Canucks yep. for one season. And they stripped him after one season because they're like, this is not going to work. This looks stupid. But, um, yeah, good old Lou uh, deserves to get his number retired. Yeah, it's kind of weird. I'm looking at his stats now. He's never won a Vesna. It's kind of no, yeah. odd. But Yeah, but he's always been consistent. Though. Yeah. He's never yeah, he's been always... dominant, just consistently good. Yeah. yeah. I don't think he ever had. I'm just looking at his his uh, hockey DB right now. I don't think he ever had. Oh no, never mind. He. I was gonna say I don't think he ever had a losing record in the NHL, but he definitely did with the Panthers <laughs> for a few seasons actually. <laughs> but yeah, other than that, game. like his goals against career goals against average is two point five two. That's pretty good. It's pretty mm-hmm. good for some of the bad teams he's played on. Yeah. Yeah, guy had like a nine thirty one one year in Florida when they were terrible. Mm-hmm. So like. And his last year, he had an eight nine nine, which is isn't even terrible as well. Like that's like his worst year. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Roberto Longo definitely deserving of that honor. Uh, kind of sucks he didn't get a cup because his personality is just over the moon. And I really hope he comes to like TS Center Sports in it because he'd be amazing on it. But hey, yeah. Roberto Longo is going to the rafters tonight, so watch out on Sportsnet. I think it's on Sportsnet one. So yeah, we'll keep tabs on that. You think the Canucks are going to retire his jersey? They too? should. They should. I think. They I think. Should. I think they will. They did the Sedins, right, just recently? Yeah. Yep. I think they'll add Luongo in there. They should, for sure. Or at least honor it, but, yeah, it's not something like that. I'm excited to see what he's going to have to say on Twitter, too. He's, if you guys aren't following him <laughs> no. on Twitter already, he's probably one of the funniest hockey personalities on Twitter. Him, Paul Bizness is really good. Uh, I'd say L- Roberto Luongo, I think, is number one. <laughs> Yeah, he's pretty funny on Twitter. All right, what else we got? This week were the GM meetings. There's going to be a lot changing from what it sounds like. Uh, First thing, there's going to be this, like, new chip in the puck. I don't know exactly. There's not too many details on it yet. I don't know exactly what it's going to cover. 
Uh, I don't know if it's going to, like, calculate speed or something, how fast the puck is traveling, or I, I really don't. I don't know. Or maybe it'll track, like, the path of the puck, how the puck is traveling on the ice. Um, but that's something that's going to be new, and I'm pretty sure they're trying to implement it for this year's playoffs, which is really weird. I don't know why they wouldn't wait until next season. Uh, it's just something that will mess with players' heads, I think, and who yep. knows? Maybe it will affect – it could affect the game too. I don't know how how big this chip is. I don't really know details about it. What do you guys think though? Um, I, It's kind of stupid how they're not addressing the emergency backup rules because – the only reason why it was such a big story was it was because it was against the Leafs. But even then, like, you should be able to at least have a, a, a policy that has, like, a college goalie or someone that's, like, in their 20s that's played goalie regularly or something just to be the backup. Just have that policy in place. Like, that's all you really need. Mm-hmm. And they're not even addressing that. So that's just typical NHL. And then they're going to adjust the offside. I think they're talking about, like, if the skate blade is in the air or something like that. I honestly yeah. don't care. Yeah, that I kind of like, to be honest. I like that. Yeah. Whatever. So, as long as they get it right, I don't care. That's true. Yeah, you're right. And then the biggest thing was the salary cap projections. So I think Frank Cervelli from TSN tweeted that it can go up from 84 so it's probably going to hit 84 minimum so it's going to go up about 3 million for next season but it could potentially go up to 88 million the salary cap which would be 7 million that's basically an additional like top six player or like two to three two depth guys which i think is massive but realistically the players are going to have to pay escrow for it to go that high which is just a complicated legal uh Mm -hmm. process so I feel like it's just going to go to 84.1, but even still, at least it's going up yeah. continually every year because every team is cap-strapped nowadays. Yeah, uh, sure. I heard, I was listening to another podcast this past week, and they were talking about, it was spitting chicklets, actually. Um, I, I just want to mention that because like they have credentials. Like It was Ryan Whitney that mentioned this, um, and he, he definitely knows what he's talking about. Uh, he mentioned that every year players could like vote or something like that mm-hmm. to increase the salary cap. Yeah. And it could increase by like a maximum of 5% every year or something like that. Mm. Um, according to like that voting process. So I know that it has been going up and up in the past. Uh, but this is a huge jump. Yeah. This is like one of the biggest jumps and we've seen in like what three years yeah last year went up like a million or 0.5 something like that i don't know but it's gonna be nice i mean i i bet you i know the team who's voting for yeah let's bump it up and it's the toronto maple leafs but like they're they're in caps even tampa too man like it's gonna help so many teams out that have bad contracts though right (laughs) you know what i mean it's like Like, a scapegoat (laughs) yeah Honestly, but uh, going back to the first topic we talked about, talked about the chip and the puck. Yeah. Basically, it's basically going to track like the speed of the puck, the players stick handling it, how they stick handle it, where they're stick handling on their stick. And uh, on Overdrive a couple days ago, Bob McKenzie was on it, and they said they already been using it during the NHL regular season. They used really? it. Really? Yeah, they used it for four games, and no one knew. So only the people behind the scenes know who's tracking the puck. And uh, that hasn't been released to the public yet, but there has been four games in the NHL 
I believe it was in uh, Carolina, Florida, Tampa, and St. Louis they used it for. So uh, players kind of didn't notice what was going on. So, I mean, the, puck, the same feel of the puck was there. But I don't know if this is going to flop or be good because it's going it's gonna to take a few years to get going because, like, imagine, like, I don't know, like Ovi's one-timer and the puck breaks and you just see, like, chips everywhere and the puck's broken and it's an easy puck. But apparently it isn't. I don't know how that would work. I think what they would do is when they're making the puck, they would just, like, mold the chip Mm -hmm. into it. Like, I don't think they would, like... I don't think they would affect the construction of a puck. You know what I mean? It shouldn't. Yeah, it shouldn't. Like, it's not like they would, like, slice it in half, then put the chip, and then, like, glue it back together or something. Like, I think the puck would still be the same. And they also said that, like, when the puck goes out of play and into the stands, are they going to go run and take it from a little kid? Or no. are they going to leave it to the fan with a puck inside? And then o Dog said that like one person, the first person who ever is going to have a puck uh, from the ice and it goes into the stands, they're going to cut it up and start hacking the system. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, O-Dog, you, you do you, man. Yeah, what the hell? <laughs> that is so true, though. Like, I would imagine that the pucks in warm-ups wouldn't have the chips in them. It'd just be like, they'd just be like regular pucks. So if players gave those to fans, yeah. if they continue to do that, then I'm, I would assume that the people that they that p- the people that receive the puck would get to keep that puck. But during the game, yeah, they could actually track it down and like retrieve sure. it. Yeah. I think this is gonna have to, a lot to do with uh, gambling analytics. Yeah, that's what they were saying as well. Very good. Yeah, that's what you're saying. I don't and, know how it com- I don't how it does that, but. And goal determination, too, I think. I don't know how that would really work at all. But you know how there's, like, sometimes where it's kind of questionable if the puck has crossed the line? Like, if the puck is in a goalie's glove and the goalie kind of goes back in the net and he can't see the puck, it would help with that situation. It's like VAR in soccer. To to actually tell line technology. Yeah, exactly. So that's very smart. So I I really like that. Just Because remember, like, you can't see it under a pad. And then if you track it with, like, I don't know, the lights or whatever, then you could zoom in like the VAR does, and then you could see if it's a goal or not. And I, I kind of like that. So mm-hmm. hopefully hopefully it doesn't F up during the playoffs because that's, like, the biggest time to not yeah. F up. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, they should have so, started next season. But. And now this offside thing, it's not going to be implemented for playoffs, right? No, I think it's no, next year. Next year. It'll be next season. Yeah. I honestly think I would like to see it implemented for playoffs, but – that would have to, that would mean that like the NHL would have to retrain all the referees on offsides, yeah, which yes, would be a huge process. So yeah, that makes sense why they're not implementing that for playoffs this year. Is but, NHL the only league in the whole entire four major sports that changes the rules constantly every year? Um, like just basketball no, changes? I don't think like, so. I, I, Didn't I, the MLB well, just make some big just changes? Added stupid ones. MLB made uh-huh. big changes last year, didn't they? NHL didn't MLB make huge changes last season. They've made What's huge that? changes the last three years. The, yeah, they have the, the netting re- now. They incorporated a pitch, uh, like a shot clock for pitchers, basically, so to not take three hours to throw a pitch. They yeah. now they incorporated this year the three batter minimum, so you can't just throw a relief pitcher in for like one out. And then take him out to end an inning. You have smart. to throw them in to get face at least three batters. Yeah, it's smart. Yeah, it's smart. I like that. So I like that because that makes the game go faster. Yeah, it also adds a little bit more strategy as well. 
even though some people think it doesn't, but I think it does. So, like, Major League Baseball has been adding changes like that, like, consecutive years, which are kind of big changes. So, I guess the MLB and the NHL are changing a lot of rules, but also MLB is a tire fire right now with this Astros controversy mm-hmm. still over their heads. So, yep. Yeah. Uh, that yeah. sucks, man. They're, the Astros are getting harassed like crazy in spring they training. They I've seen so many. Yeah, like they deserve it, but like you have to feel <laughs> some type of way. You know what I mean? Like for them, like I've seen, I've just seen so many videos of fans just screaming at them in the dugout, <laughs> yeah. or like when they're if um, Jose out. I think it was Jose Altuve. He was at bat, and like fans are just screaming at him, telling him to return his ring and everything, like. The worst part about that whole thing is that they keep denying it, and they, oh yeah, that's the worst I know. part. Like, <laughs> I saw, I don't, I think it was like the Astros bench manager, maybe, or like their CEO or something, had this quote where he said, um, "Yeah, like we cheated basically, but <laughs> it didn't affect, it didn't increase our chances of winning or something yeah, like yeah. that." Like. <laughs> And that then, does not make sense at all. <laughs> and then, like, right after that, a reporter's like, excuse me, did you just say that uh, the cheating didn't help you win? He's like, I didn't say that. <laughs> yeah, like, what is he talking about? Oh Jim Crane, what a disaster. Yeah, Almost. that is something else. Well, I'll tell you right but now. But to answer like, your question, to answer your question, Thomas, the NHL is not the only league that makes big changes. Every year. Seems like every year they're trying to, like, please the fans, the NHL. And they uh they kind of mess up every time with the soft side shit and the goaltender backup, but yeah, whatever. Since we're on the GM meeting topic, what is one thing that you guys want to see changed in the future? I already know mine, but okay, all right, what think, is it? I have to think for a second. Okay, well, I will say uh, ten minute three on three overtime. I like that. I like okay. that one. That was an obvious one, so I didn't want to say it. I'm just thinking more of the rules. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, mine would be, not for rules, mine would be, like, just event-wise. Okay. I think they should have less outdoor games. I think they should go back to having, like, one Winter Classic, one Heritage Classic, Makes one sense. Stadium Series. Because yep. I think that the outdoor games are just not as enjoyable right. anymore. Because there's so many, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yep. And I think the biggest one for me is just, I guess... Like, if you're getting assessed of a, a, a game misconduct, doesn't matter what it is, you should get at least a two-game suspension. And if it's, like, a hit from behind or a pure headshot and you get thrown out, that's at minimum five games. I don't care if anyone has history. Like, there's been so many inconsistent calls with player safety. Yeah. It's, like, someone will get three games, someone will get seven... It's just so inconsistent. So have a have a rule where basically like if you headshot someone, even though it's accidental or whatever, that's five games minimum. Yeah, that's not cool. a bad one. Yeah, and then quickly I'll throw in the eight one versus eight playoff rule. Yes. I mean that that's been begged by the fans for years. I've been so. begging yeah. for it. So I it mean, just it doesn't make sense that like like the playoff format, it's just stupid to me right now. Honestly. Doesn't make sense. A team like the Leafs should not be in a playoff spot at all. Yeah, I know. I completely agree, and I'm a Leafs fan. Like I completely agree. You have five teams in the Metro who are basically right there, but two of them or one of them will not get the chance to make it because they're not yeah. in the Atlantic Division, which is yeah. shit this year. Mm-hmm. 
It does really suck. And then last but, year, I could go on more because Montreal missed the playoffs by two points. But then if you go, it, Columbus made the playoffs because they're in the Metro. Yeah, it's, yeah. If they're going to leave this format, like, like that playoff format, I think what the NHL should do is consider, like, this might be crazy for me to say this, but I think they should consider making the season schedule less, hmm. maybe to, like, 70 or 65 games, and then having more divisional games, making division, it would make division games huge. You know what I mean? It's like in the NFL, NFL teams, I don't know exactly how many times they'll play division games in their season, but it's at least, like, 35, 40% of their schedule. <laughs> yeah. And it, it just makes those games so much better. You know what I mean? That's true. So well, NFL think, is trying to cut their games as well, too. Yeah, yeah they're trying to shorten the... Or, no, aren't they trying to lengthen the schedule? They're trying to lengthen it. Yeah, they're trying, they're trying to shorten it. it. No, they're trying to add another week, they're I think. They're trying to add that week 17. But I think they would have two bye weeks per team, wouldn't they? I think, but, like, the players do not want that at all. Yeah, yeah. but I thought they were trying to minimum minimize that and then uh, expand playoffs. I don't know. I was hearing I that they're so. adding a 17 game schedule instead of 16. Yeah. And the players and all said in like, 18 no. weeks, right? Yeah. Or or maybe it was 19 and they they'd have two bucks. I don't I don't know details. I don't follow like I follow the NFL, but I don't I don't follow it enough to talk about that. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think we're done with talking about rules because we could just go on and on about it. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into the hard hat award segment. This is award to the best player in the NHL the past week and my guy is no surprise. He's on my fantasy team. Joe doesn't like him my very much God, this week. My God, man, my God. <laughs> he does not like him this week. He's an enemy. Uh, Mika Zabinajad. And why do I choose Mika Zabinajad? Well, he had eight goals, one assist, nine points in uh, three games played this past week. Uh, absolute terror of the Washington Capitals as well. He scored five goals in a game, the first since uh, Patrick Line to do that since 2018 against the Blues. What a phenomenal freaking game this had. That, that like if there's a definition of putting your team on your back, this is the definition that Mika Zibanejad did. He scored five goals, including the overtime winner in that one. And in the past week, he's a minus two, yet eight goals and one assist. So I, I don't know how that's working out, but clearly on the ice against other opponents and goals. Uh, he has five power play goals and six power play points, one game winning goal, and averaging 23 and 30 minutes per game. Um, yeah, just an incredible week for Mika Zibanejad. Um, he set records for the Rangers as well. So a lot of congratula- congratulations to Mika Zibanejad. And that Broussard trade looks even worse and worse for the Ottawa Senators now. Yeah, and the Rangers are in the hunt for a playoff spot right now too. They are on the hunt. And so to go hand-in-hand hand with your hard hat, Thomas, mm-hmm. uh, our watcher say this week is David Quinn's reaction to Mika Zibanejad's 5 goal night. Here's what he said. What you say? So that happened. All right. So that's our what you say. Back to hard hat, though. Um, my hard hat is going to go to a team. I don't know. I don't think we pick teams for hard hat very often. We definitely pick teams for the Golden Plunger. But anyways, I'm picking a team for my hard hat this week. I'm giving it to the Philadelphia Flyers. They're currently on an eight-game win streak. And I think they're still – yeah, they're tied for first in the Metropolitan with the Washington Capitals. Right now they actually have the exact same – record as the Capitals, 40, 20, and 7. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the Flyers have just been so hot right now. Uh, they play really fast and hard. I don't know if you guys watch them. I kind of I watched a little bit of one of their games this past week. And they, they're, they're actually a really speedy team, 
and they have a lot of chemistry uh, and yeah. underrated depth, which is another huge thing. Uh, by the end of the season, I think they're going to be on pace to have at least five 20 goal scorers, 20 or more goal scorers. Uh, there, there's four guys on their team right now with 50 plus points. Uh, and I honestly, I just did not expect any of this from the Philadelphia Flyers this se- this season. Yeah, I really liked how the Flyers play. And like you just mentioned their depth. I think that's the biggest reason why they're doing so well. They have like literally a top nine that could score a ton. Yeah. Like they have a basically a, a quality player or two on every single line, which helps them. Like we all kind of trash that Kevin Hayes signing in the offseason, but... Although it's still like early in the contract, he's honestly been very good for them. Yeah, like twenty plus, honestly, goals, fifty plus points. His contract, like he's he's living up to his contract right now. Yeah, yeah, like right now for sure. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you said you said the best. Like they're top nine, they could all score. Yeah, and on the defensive end of things too, they're not too bad. Like they have some depth on the defensive end too. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a Carter Hart. Is going to be a great guy in the future. What's that, Thomas? Quite a hot. Quite a hot. Uh, yeah. hot. <laughs> Got to say um, it like that. No, in the future, he's going to be really good, but yep. he's actually having a pretty good season, too. Yep. Uh, the Flyers, though, they could do damage in the playoffs. I really want to see the Flyers play the Penguins in the playoffs, personally. It Again. looks like it might happen. <laughs> it could. If it well, stays like this. If the Flyers win the division, though. Then they won't. Yeah, so hopefully Washington can pull their head out of their ass and start winning some games. Yeah, <laughs> completely right. Yep. I'm pretty sure I have a future on Washington to win that division, actually. So I need them to win the division. Yeah. All right. So for my hard hat, I'm gonna pick the Edmonton Oilers duo of Connor McDavid and Leon Draisaitl, who absolutely torched the Nashville Predators on Monday. <laughs> They both had five points in that game. McDavid, one goal, four assists. And Dreisaitl had four goals and one assist. So another guy this week that had more than three goals in a game was Leon Dreisaitl. And uh, McDavid finished the week, or I guess he played tonight, but he had in three games, he had one goal, five assists for eight points in three games. I mean, for six points in three games. Again, five in one game. And then Dreisaitl had eight points in three games, five in the one game, and then he picked up a couple assists the other two games. So I think Dreisaitl, he's been unbelievable this year with or without McDavid. Mm-hmm. That contract is now a steal. Um, he's thrown himself into the Hart Trophy conversation. Uh, it's oh, just, for sure. It's, yeah. it's so yeah, fun to watch those is. two. I, I looks like they're going to make the playoffs. They've even <laughs> dealt with injuries. They've dealt with adversity this year. They've had a very good season overall, considering they didn't really have much expectation with a new coach, a new GM, kind of helming the team, but they've been playing really well. Goaltending has been holding up decently well, so mm-hmm. excited to watch those two go back to the postseason. I think, well, first of all, this duo destroyed me in fantasy this week. <laughs> um, so I'm not happy about that. Because, like, I have to win out the rest of the season to actually have a shot at some money. They're top three, I mean. Um, but... You would think that if the Oilers do make the playoffs, which I think they will, the I mean the MVP is definitely gonna go to Drysaitel or McDavid. I would I I'd imagine. I think so too. So hopefully they just make the playoffs because they really want to see those two just play in big moments. You know. Yeah. yeah. Just the question is like, how long do the Edmonton Oilers rely on two guys to win and have success? 
to be fair, they did add depth at the deadline. They so did. They I'm made a lot fault, of surprises. Yeah, I'm not going to fault them just because those two are carrying them right now. In the offseason, Ken Holland's going to take a better look at the roster. They, of 100%. course, have Pooley RV playing in Finland, basically effing off from the team. Mm-hmm. So whether they trade him or not, try to get some assets back for him or something. Yeah, obviously, Yamamoto's kind of emerging. Nugent Hopkins. So they have some pieces there. They got four pretty good forwards, I would say. Well, two of fantastic ones. They just got to solidify their third and fourth lines and their defense a little bit. And then figure out what they're going to do in that because they don't really have anyone in the pipeline coming up right now. Yeah, Stuart Skinner. That's the only name that yeah. kind of pops up to me. But. And he's not like, I don't think yeah. he's ready yet. No, not at all. But yeah, yeah, so Seriously. they got to make some decisions in the offseason for sure. All right, I think... We've been on this segment for a while now, so let's, let's move on to Golden Plunger. Thomas, as always, start us off. Yeah, so Golden Plunger, let's flush that toilet. And, uh, yeah, so my Golden Plunger recipient for this week, uh, he had a hot start to his career in uh, Long Island, but now it's kind of cooled off. Jean-Gabriel Pajot. So they acquired this guy for multiple picks, and in the last three games he has zero points. and is a minus seven. I think that's a league worst in the past week. A minus seven, so they acquired this guy to be kind of their you know two way set two way center to plug in, you know, help on the defensive side, chip in some goals on the offensive side. But in this past week, he hasn't been really doing that with a minus seven. Flager's favorite stat in the National Hockey League. Yes, like a guy can have a thousand points, and if he's a minus a hundred, Flager's not liking him. He's not going to the Hall of Fame. So no, he shouldn't. Yeah. So and also in the past week, he only has six shots. So I mean. He scored two quick ones to start his career off in Long Island, and now he has six shots in three games, so kind of low for Jean-Gabriel Pajot. Um, only positive this past week, he has a 61% face-off percentage. That's nuts, but you're going to need to do a lot more than uh, just win face-offs, uh, Jean-Gabriel, to uh, have success with the Islanders. And yeah, they lost to the Senators in his game back to uh, Canadian Tire Center, and it wasn't a very really good one. So Jean-Gabriel Pajot is my recipient for the Golden Plunger. You have to cut some slack for him, though. He's on a new team now, right? Like, let him gel in a little bit. Maybe he'll pick things up. I want to see the Islanders go on a run this year, so I hope Pajot gets his shit together. Yep. Um, all right, so my golden plunger is an interesting one. I'm going to give it to all the shooters in the Leafs versus Kings shootout because there were four four shooters, I think, who all beat the goalie and had a like they should have scored, but they pulled off Wayne Glenskis and didn't raise the puck at all. Like they just kept the puck on the ice and like freaking Anderson got burned by somebody that I don't even fucking know, like <laughs> Mike Amadio or something like that, like a fourth line center. <laughs> and like Freddie, I Freddie Anderson was in the corner. He had no chance at all. Mike Amadio should have he should have scored, and he just shot it right at Freddie Anderson's pad. Um, Anyways, I know it's a weird one, but I'm definitely giving my heart or my golden plunger to uh, the shooters in that shootout. And then I forgot to mention Austin Matthews. He's making so much money, more money than all three of us combined are ever going to touch. And he doesn't even get a shot off. He fans on his shot. Like, uh-uh. come on, what what the hell is going on here? Uh, I was not a fan of that one. And not to mention, we're going to talk about Battle of Buds later. I had the Leafs beating the Kings in that game, and the Leafs freaking lost. So, what do you know? Yeah, so <laughs> kind of rebound on that point. I, I guess you could say the shooters for the whole game because uh, 
The final score is one nothing Kings, so the, <laughs> that, that means the Leafs got shut out against the Los Angeles Kings, who are way lower than the standings. And, you know, Austin Matthews had a pretty good game, just... I guess Bieber got to him in the crowd. I know he was in the crowd, so I maybe want to impress him and miss the puck, but I don't know what happened there. And then Willie scored in the shootout. Very nice move, but... And uh, just to correct you there, Flager, that uh, was uh, Andre Kemp, Andrew, Adrian Kempfe who uh, dangled Freddie Anderson. Oh, okay, okay, my bad. There's, yeah. there, there's, there are two nobodies to me, so, like, <laughs> n- no offense. Like, I just, I don't know. I There are no ones, so that's why I confused them, probably. Um, there's one thing that I want to talk about actually quickly. In overtime, um, mm-hmm. when the Kings were in the Leafs end, like they kind of set up like a nice little attack. Uh, Martin Furk winded up a huge clapper, and I didn't know this, but apparently he had the hardest shot in the AHL, which was harder than the hardest shot in the NHL, yeah. 109 miles or miles per hour, mm-hmm. which is that's that's hard. Man. It's fast. Never mind. Yeah, that was just something interesting that I kind of wanted to talk or mention really quick. Anyways, I'm going to shut up. Uh, Joe, <laughs> you take it away. Okay, so for my Golden Plunger Award, it's the team that we kind of talked about last episode. They made a lot of moves at the deadline. A lot of moves that we thought were kind of strange considering what happened to them. So this team is the Carolina Hurricanes. They're currently 0-3-1 since uh, Zamboni driver David Aries beat the Maple Leafs about two weeks ago now. So they haven't won since then. And um, they're as we predicted at their deadline, we don't, didn't understand why they didn't go out and get like a Robin Leonard or a goaltender to help solidify. Because the two guys that they have now, both AHL goalies, are clearly not getting the job done at all. And the Carolina, who is now who is in a playoff spot at the time, are kind of sliding out. Mm-hmm. It's between kind of them, Columbus, and the Islanders right now for the for the two wild card spots. So if they don't get Morazic or Reimer back like ASAP, they're they're done. I think they're just they're not getting goaltending, and they're just losing tight games. If they're not getting the save, so yeah, they need to. They really need to get things going because the Rangers coming up on their ass and Columbus is already there. And Carolina has a good team. I, I just don't understand, you know, how, like it's the goaltending, but man, they got to start keeping that puck out of the net and scoring more goals in games because it ain't working for them right now. But I guess they got to put David Ayers in. I mean, why not? Yeah, honestly. Just throw him in there and get some dubs. But yeah, Nadelkovic and uh, Anton Forsberg are not getting it done. So, yeah, that, that's a really good pick because that, that is probably the worst out of all the people we picked. So, yeah, good pick, Joe, there. Um, we already went through our What to Say was David Quinn's reaction to the Jets' five goals night. You already heard that before. And, uh, yeah, the next thing is Battle of the Buds. So, Flager went 1-2 this week, overall record of 29-31. and 31. I had an overall record of 3-0, and and Joe had an overall record of 1-2. and two. So, that puts me to 38-22. and 22. And Joe to 36-24. and 24. This week's picks by Flager are... I'm taking the Flyers to beat the Sabres tonight. Uh, the Avalanche to beat the Kings on March 9th. And then the Golden Knights to beat the Wild on March 12th. And then my pick is the Lightning over the Red Wings on March 8th. They'll probably lose that one. The Blues over the Ducks on March 11th. And the Maple Leafs who are home to the Predators and they're not very good at home against the Predators on March 12th. 
My picks are the Devils visiting the Rangers tonight. I have the Rangers winning that one at home. Then I have the Capitals visiting the Sabres on March 9th. I have the Capitals winning in Buffalo. And then, speaking of the Hurricanes, I have them winning <laughs> against finally getting their first dub, hopefully, or second dub against the Red Wings on March 10th. Good picks all around. It's been a tight battle. Flager's got to try and get back into this one. But uh, I just want to. I just at this point, I just want to get over five hundred. <laughs> Honestly, man, like it's been a tough, tough year for. Uh, I go. I go one and two every week. It seems like. Yeah, you never go clean sweep three and zero. Next week, next week. Yeah. <laughs> keep saying since week one, but yeah. Uh, that's been ball the buds. Our next segment, if you don't know by now, is the Joe Spicy Meatball. It's been cooking. How is it, Joe? Um, it's pretty good, I would say. Um, I took it out of the microwave. Jokes. I didn't have to because I cooked it fresh this time. Oh. It wasn't thawing out like the last, <laughs> like last week's. Yeah. Cooked it nice and fresh. Made it just last night. So this week's spicy meatball will be if we were talking about rules a ton during the first part of the episode today. So my spicy meatball is that the NHL will finally re-implement the 1-8 to eight playoff format within the next five years. Hmm. I'll start. As much as I want it to change and fans want it to change back to the original format, I don't think it's going to change within the next five years. Hmm. Because I, I don't... I just, I just don't, I have a feeling that it's not going to change. I, I think that's like, it's not the first thing on the league's mind. I think the first thing is player safety. And then after that is for some reason changing all these rules and implementing this chip in the puck. I don't think the form, the playoff format right now is something that's going to, um, that's on the league's mind. I don't think it's going to change within the next five years. Okay, five years is a long time. So we're looking at what twenty twenty five is the last year. Yeah, like say if it's implemented like the twenty twenty five twenty twenty six season or something. Mm-hmm. So I, I I will say it is going to change because I think just the outrage they've been receiving for the past three years has been incredible, and the way the analysts talk about it on Sportsnet, TSN, Fox, whatever you're going to go by. But I think it's just been the number one thing for you know fans of the game and. You know, even some players might want to see it because, like, you know, as you mentioned last year, uh, Joe, like, the Habs are looking at the standings like, how are we not in the playoffs? And they see Columbus ahead and they're the end of their division and they're like, well, that's unfair. Like, we're a better team than them, right? So, I mean, it kind of works both ways there. But, uh, like, you look at some players, they're going to be pissed they're going to the playoffs even though they're better than some teams in the other division. So, I feel like one versus eight is, like, the easiest way to do a playoff because, like, I mean... Yeah, it's the divisionals can get kind of rough because you know the Leafs will play the exact same opponents if they're in the exact same position exactly. every year. Exactly. It's either Boston or Tampa. Florida gets good. If Montreal starts getting good, like it's going to be the exact same teams in the exact same situation. So, I mean, I like the wild card as it is right now, but I mean, I think it's going to change the one versus. Eight. I don't think it can keep going like this with the outrage they're getting. So yeah, it, it will change in the next five years. Yeah, I'm also going to say like. Like the, this year, for example, the Atlantic two two top teams, so Tampa and Boston, are basically like two top three or five teams in the whole league this year. They could possibly meet in the second round. Yeah, like, and one of them will be out before even getting to the conference final. For example, like that's just stupid to me. And then you have a team like 
I don't know, like say Carolina goes on another run like they did last year. Like, mm-hmm. do I really want to see Carolina in the Eastern Conference Finals again just because the path to get there was a lot easier than for Boston, for example? Yeah. So that's right. what that just makes me pissed off, stuff like that. Yeah, and I get like the NHL wants good matchups to start the playoffs and kind of get their viewers in right away. I, I, I like the matchups that's happening first round, just I wish it was one first eight kind of rule thing, but. Like, Tampa, Boston, and Leafs are never going to make it to the conference. Like, one of those, two of those teams are never going to make it to the conference finals if they're still going to be good in the next five years. So, hopefully it changes. Hopefully they do something because it's been kind of rough the past few years. So, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good place to meet by, I feel. Another reason why I think the NHL likes this playoff, playoff format, not the fans, but the league, is because... The first round is all division games. Or mm-hmm. not all division games, but you're going to have guaranteed yeah. two division series from each conference, right? right. So, And I think, I don't know if this is true or not, but I would imagine that they make a lot of money off those divisional series. Yeah. More yeah. than if it was not a divisional right. game. Yeah. So I think that's another reason to... Yeah, but it's less likely. You're guaranteed to have four divisional series For sure. in this format. Mm-hmm. In the 1-8 to eight format, you could get none. So I think that's another reason why the NHL likes this playoff format. But I said this earlier in the podcast episode. Yeah, um, I think – no, but I think um, – No, you did. I, I remember you said, like, more divisional games mean I, more, right? Yeah, like, I think that – if they do leave this format, I think they should definitely consider having more divisional games in the regular season or shortening shortening the season or something like just to make those games more meaningful because it's just it's not it's not working out right now. Fans don't well, like it. They do a horrible job of freaking promoting divisional games in the NHL. Like it's 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 really bad. Like it's it's, it's really, true. really poor. It's so. it's probably the worst sport for divisional like promotion yes. like in soccer you have the uh, el clasico barca and real madrid they advertise that shit so much you see that that trends on twitter when those two teams play yeah. each other in the nhl when the leafs play the habs that doesn't trend on twitter when the leafs play the bruins that doesn't trend on twitter when there's the battle of pennsylvania that doesn't trend on twitter like you don't see the promotion at all yeah, they got to promote so, it way more. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they want no, this divisional I, matchup shit, you got to promote it. I think that's up for the playoffs. That's a big reason why the league won't change its playoff format, I think. So, yeah, there's my answer. No, Thomas. Your answer is yes. Yeah. Yep, so that's that's a good spicy meatball, Joe. I like the I like the sauce. I like the spice on that one. It's kind of tingly. <laughs> I'm glad you like it, man. It's a new recipe. That's <laughs> a new one. Got to cook them for next week. Man. Yeah, hopefully. I got to keep it consistent. Uh, one thing we actually didn't talk about during the episode was the Johnny Boychuk scary injury. Uh, he apparently got 90 stitches on his face. Like, that yeah. is yeah. very scary. Very scary. I, I, <laughs> 90. So, that's, that is a very scary injury, but there was some humor involved with this injury. After he tweeted on Twitter... Um, he tweeted something like, sorry, it took so long for me to tweet something, but I'm okay. 
I couldn't unlock my iPhone because facial recognition oh. wasn't working. So that was kind of funny. Like, got a good laugh out of that. He's making um, something good out of something terrible, obviously. But that was really scary. He, I think he got cut on his eyelid, so he almost yeah. he could have lost his eye, man. And that, again, like, that can start up another conversation. Like, do players, they don't protect their face enough? Like, he does wear a visor, I know that, but... There's been talks around the league. Should they wear cages? Should they wear full face shields? Should they wear ear protectors? Like, it's it's starting a lot of questions because there's been a lot of injuries where there's high sticks and it goes near the eye, and there's been pucks to the face, skates to the face, and you know, are the NHL doing a good way of doing this? Like, I, I don't believe they'll switch the cages because then that means you're gonna that's a lot of money for manufacturers on visors that you're gonna have to pay out. And that's a lot of leagues across the entire world you have to implement cages for. So don't believe that will happen. But, I mean, making the visor a bit bigger is one thing you can do. Making ear protectors on every player uh, mandatory, that's a thing you can do. And even visors on every player is mandatory. So whatever they can do to fix it, I think they should do that. Because I'm tired of seeing, like, scary injuries like this. Like, it can affect your life, man. Like, he has, he's going to have that scar for the rest of his life. Yeah, yeah, so. I agree. I don't. I think eventually they will go to full like face coverage. Like a cage, I, I guess, would be the best um, like uh, model of a helmet. You know what I mean? Because yes. if you think of it, like eighty years ago, they didn't even wear helmets. Eventually, <laughs> now, like they kind of like some players would wear helmets like 70, 60 years ago, whatever it was. And then they made hand- helmets mandatory. Now they're making visors mandatory. They better. It's well, not, no, For I think for all the new players that come into the league, they yeah, have yeah, to wear yeah, visors, yeah. right? Yeah. That, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. But I, I think eventually maybe they'll enforce visors for all players within the next few years. And then after that, it'll it'll turn to uh, like a full cage probably. I will, won't be surprised if that happens. They yeah. should. You said it like you agree too. I know that we yeah, all we'll agree. See. I think we'll see in the next couple of years. Uh, but until then, any last words from you boys before we wrap this thing up? I yeah. honestly got nothing today. I had an article like come week. out this within the last week about ranking the semi Canadian team post trade yes. deadline. So that came out last week. So check that out. You might be surprised who's in last and who's in first. I don't know. Check it out. I like the picks. I mean, I, I, I agree with the least picks, and I agree with the most teams' picks. And, yeah, there, that was a good article, to be honest. It was kind of needed, but, yeah, yeah that's good. That's good, Joe. Keep writing those. Uh, there's going to be a lot more content, I bet you, coming into the playoffs. We're going to preview every playoff series until we know that. A month yeah. left, man. A month left of the regular season. That flew by. Yeah, it really oh, did. It really did. So, yeah. Um, We'll keep tabs on that till the regular season. But until then, uh, I always do this. The point leaders, goal leaders, and the win leaders. The point leader in the NHL uh, so far right now is Leon Dreisaitl with 110 points <laughs> in the month of March. Goal scoring leader is tied with David Pasternak and Alexander Ovechkin. And the win leader in the National Hockey League is still Andre Vasilevsky, up by four on Jordan Bennington with 34 wins in the NHL. So... That's been episode number 21 of End to End. We will be back next Saturday. Join us. Woo!